The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world, everybody. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness podcast. Today, I have an awesome guest. I don't have video yet, but you'll know he's awesome because he's wearing his 10X hat. He's got his first form shirt on. <laughs> he's a badass. My guest today is Omar Madrano. And what I like to do, Omar, is have you introduce yourself to the audience. Just let them know who you are, what it is you do, and then we're going to rock and roll. For sure. And you know what, brother? I have to say I'm thankful that you don't have video because they probably wouldn't want to watch me because there's so much way better looking people out there. I'd probably have to put filters, a suit on, and all that. <laughs> the, pleasure's all, the pleasure's mine, brother. Thank you for the invite, man. Thank you. I feel blessed. Who am I? I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. I'm, you know, I'm worthy. I realize that, you know, I, I've had so many challenges because I felt that I was unworthy, that I was unloved. Who am I? I'm a father. I'm a loving son. I, I, that, that's the first things. Everything else that you want to describe me, I'm a businessman. I'm an author, book writer, marathon runner. I, I'm a, a champion. I love and I live every day through life. But yes, I'm an entrepreneur 20 years, business coach. You, you name it. I've been there. I've done that. I was a successful salesperson. Every, every time I hit success, so it always went back until I finally realized to accept myself and love myself. Right. And that's a tough thing for us to do. If you think about it as humans, like we are our own worst critics, as they say. Right. And, and I'm sure you've experienced that where you just like, man, like, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, so we'll get into this because I want to understand like some of the challenges you went through, right? Like in my case, addiction was huge, right? I, I'm coming up on 19 years sober this year. Hasn't always been easy, right? And, and, and for me, some of the toughest challenges I've gone through, not only in my recovery, but becoming an entrepreneur, right? Is the stuff that happens while I'm staying sober, right? So give the audience some ideas of some of the challenges you went through to overcome. Like, and I'm gonna, this is funny, right? So you said you're a marathon runner, right? So I'm a counselor. If you ever need to talk, because you guys that run marathons are little, I always tease you guys, you guys are, <laughs> I'm like the sprinter, get it done, get it over with, but this long distance stuff, you guys, but I, I, my hat's off to you because that's some amazing stuff. So go ahead, well, Omar, I, let them know. I, I, can't, I can't do that anymore. I, I tore my ACL and PCL, oh. but you know, once you accomplish something, you'll mm. always do it. Right. And you know what? I was blessed for the opportunity of doing that. Some of the challenges that I had, 
I know what it's like because I skirted. I knew where the lines of addiction were. And, and I always crossed. <laughs> I never crossed the line, but I saw it. There was times that I would binge drink to ease right. the pain. Right. Those, I, 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 I did cocaine. I, I, I popped pills. I remember with my, my fraternity brothers years later after graduating, thinking it was amazing going down to Bourbon Street, popping Zannies and, and waking up the like, you know, 1, 2 p.m., 3 p.m. and laughing because we had all these charges are, are, on our credit cards. Right. I, <laughs> I, 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 I've been the gambler. Anything to it, it, it's all about numbing the pain, man. It's all about. You know, trying to, I, I felt, I, I wrote the book, What If It Did Work? Because it's, a, it's about a guy that I had all those fears. I had the fear right off the bat, 70s. You know, I was born in 1973. I know my birth date. I'm living in my dash now. And I'm trying to live my dash the best. I don't know what I'm saying. Peter's going to call me. That's right. <laughs> I, I was like one of the first to go through divorce. My mom and dad divorced before I was even born and I never met the man. And I felt this unworthy. If that man couldn't love me and he could abandon me, then who am I to be loved? And there was always that self-destructive behavior. I had the fear of failure. I had the fear of rejection. I couldn't ask out a girl on a date. I fear of everybody knowing. Self-destructive behavior because I didn't deserve happiness. I didn't deserve success. I was making $150,000, almost $200,000 in my early 20s, just being a great salesperson. And you were probably like, man, I was in debt because I was trying to escape who I was. I would travel to Vegas every weekend. I would travel to New Orleans. I, didn't, I wasn't comfortable in who I was right. as a person. I get that. I get that totally. Because all the money, all the sex, all the drugs, every, anything you try to fill you doesn't work, right? But we try, right? When yes, yes, I, and I always chose women that didn't have the tools. I was a guy that my mom never said congratulations on graduating high school, on college, getting a master's degree. I would always get women the same thing that it was never enough. Not hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, right. I love you. So I was going in these patterns. It was like I, I was with women that I. I could have cured cancer and they would have been like, why don't you get a friggin' fucking job at Uber? Why don't you do this? <laughs> right. The last person until I fixed my life, I'm here. I'm writing a book in, in this woman's place. And she's fucking telling me I, I should go out to Uber. And like, who am I to, to write a book and who's going to listen to me? And, and you know, it, it, it snapped because my whole life was this either numbing the pain or touching the touching the hot stove and saying oh my gosh i can't believe it's hot over and over again i know and that's crazy i can relate to you like you don't even understand how much i relate to you right now when you just said all that right because dude i thought i didn't know what i was getting into with this podcast until i heard an episode i'm like oh shit i'm gonna have to be vulnerable i'm this is stuff that I, I don't talk about to even my own viewers and all this. But yes, <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm 100% authentic with you right now. And that's awesome because 
not only do I appreciate it, my audience will, right? And we know, and, and you sound like you've done the work, right? So we understand now that vulnerability is actually a strength, not a weakness, right? But like you told me in the beginning, right? You're Latino, right? And I'm Dutch Indonesian, right? So I, I knew growing up. Wrong. That's all that means. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? But like, we're taught not to show emotion, right? Like if we get hurt, we're taught to suck it up and, you know, don't oh, cry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, oh, and, I, but, dude, you're going to laugh. I remember growing up and like telling my mom, hey, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm sad. And she'd be like, shut the fuck up. You know what depression is? You, you want me to tell you what your grandfather did? You want me to? I'll tell you what's that. And it was always like that. And, and like to this day, it, it's, it's not like I can, I can even tell my mom, hey, you know what? I'm having a bad day. And, and, and yeah, we, I, we're, we're both kindred spirits in that sense. And, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with being vulnerable. And no. once you tell people, you know, you, you don't have to. Everybody loves fiction, man. Everybody wants this fake bullshit. Because, you know, nobody wants to say, hey, I'm hurting, you know, instead, let's tune up, tune out, let's drink, let's snort, let's pop some pills, let's get some medication, or let's just fucking watch Netflix and and zone out all day. Right. Absolutely. And and I did that for many, many, many years, you know, where, it, uh, you know, my mom wasn't as sometimes she was, she could be brutal early, my early life. Well, when I was getting ready to graduate, I was barely going to graduate. She told me, I don't think you're going to graduate. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like, I see how lazy you are, you know, which mine was a combination of being lazy. And but here mine was rebel being a rebel. Right. Because I always heard growing up how how smart my father was. Right. But he was never there when I was young. So this is something I've shared with the audience. It, it hurt me for a while. That's a lot of the reason I drank and used was to kill that pain. Right. Not having a dad and always being compared to him. Right. And I would get mad at cousins or that it would say how great my dad was. And I threatened to beat him up because I don't want to hear it. Right. My mom wasn't the most affectionate until before she passed away. You know, when she got older, then she was very like trying to make up for, you know, stuff she realized, which I understand now she did the best she could. She was a great mother. I've learned so much from her. You know, her work ethic was like, crazy you know and and i did get the hugs and, and and you know stuff at the end but growing up like you like you say and hear that stuff like suck it up you know and what the fuck's wrong with you you know what i mean like you know that's not what we do in this family or the other thing when you try to share stuff right i'm sure it happened in yours like Shh, we don't talk about that oh yeah to this day my grandparents are still alive my in their 90s and my mom my mom's only 20 years older than me so bless it took me doing all the work i I had to let go of the resentment i had to let go of all the anger she just didn't have the tools right but now i had the tools and i ended that generation i'm not like that with my kids right i'm their biggest cheerleader but yeah no i mean it was the opposite you said you know, they praised your dad and, and you had that animosity. Well, with me, it was, my mom would be like, you're, you're this, you're just like your father. Well, I never met the man. I don't, I'm, and, you know, it was always like anything negative would right. be like, you're just like your father. And it's like, you, you mean the man that left me, the man that abandoned me? And then my mom, okay, picked up and was in an abusive relationship for like 30 years with the uh, blood. Alcoholic, 
a complete alcoholic, would beat on her, both emotionally and physically. And then my mom would always say, she would always throw it back at me because then she would be like, Omar, you know what? It is what it is, you know? I, who wants a ready-made family? So boom, like another dad, like right there. Like, right. it's my fault you're in this shitty relationship because right. I'm the baggage. <laughs> right? It's crazy, right? I mean, we could go on and on and on and about like how tough it was and stuff like that. So like, tell, start talking to tell the audience, like, when did you realize like things have to change? Like the way I'm living, right? How did you start overcoming those challenges and not letting those little, you know, like the angel and the devil on your shoulder, right? And it sounded like you, like me, most of the time that little devil won out, right? And we just said, F it, let's party. Woo. You oh, know? no, no, man. You're, you're, I was the opposite. I had complete turmoil, 100%. But I, I used it as like energy. I used okay. it like as fuel. I was married for almost 18 years and we had dysfunction. And it was my business partner. She's my business partner. We had five businesses. Always fighting, always arguing, never, never, always bickering. And, and, and it was just that resentment anger being built in well she was another person that didn't have the tools of ever saying hey you know what she would see me work hard but her father worked harder so it was like well hey you know what hard work's my dad so once again it was never good enough just like my mother just like the women before her and the women after her and even after it, it was and then it was a constant dysfunction in my stores. I had five Smoothie Kings, but sales were going great because I'm great at marketing. I'm great when, when it comes to the business. Right. But, it, but in here and in here, things weren't going great. And then what happened was I, I started dating a, a woman that, that I grew up with because there's always, I needed something to fill me up inside. Right. It was trips material items, a new Tesla, something to make me feel like I'm a, a man, like I'm, I, I'm worthy. Happiness, chasing happiness, buying happiness, Go looking for it like a, a Jacques Cousteau mission for happiness, man. I, <laughs> right. I needed it like the drug. I would do anything and everything. And, and then, you know, since I was an introvert a million years ago, well, we all, we can't change that. But fear of rejection, I grew up with a girl in elementary, junior high, high school. She was like, we're neighbor kids too. And, you know, she reached out and was hitting on me. I'm like, wow. So this, this has got to be happiness. Maybe if I date somebody from right. my past. Well, dysfunction attracts dysfunction. And like what I said, I had a pattern of finding women that I thought were tough women, right. that it was never good enough, bitter, angry, i.e. my mom, lo and behold, what type of woman do you think my childhood <laughs> friend? All the above, but you just mentioned. <laughs> all, all the above, and then some, because 30 plus years of emotional trauma, and oh, you wow. have me, and at the same time, 
My franchise is bickering with me. My franchise wants me out, but I'm getting record sales. And everything was, because everything is amazing when you first start dating somebody. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is happiness. Right. The honeymoon it period. Was just, but the honeymoon period, and then just one day, just one little argument. And it just went like, boom. It, it was Pandora's box. I wasn't worth it. Uh, this and that. Manipulation 101. Oh. And it was like, holy shit. And then we broke up. And then we were secretly trying to get back together. And the dysfunction was bleeding out everywhere. My two daughters didn't want to hang out with me anymore. My 14 and six, there's 14 and 16. But they were a little younger. And it was just the bizarreness and the dysfunction. And the toxicity. And it wasn't until, you know, a friend asked me, do you thrive under dysfunction, under drama? Are you addicted to all of this? And it hit me. I'm like, do you, don't you ever get tired of all this? And I was so addicted to it. To the chaos. That the chaos and the madness and the chasing the chasing for happiness, the chasing to find someone's love, the chasing. And it hit me because after I got out of the relationship and I finally became a normal person and I was with someone, a a normal woman for the first time in my life. And I I gave her all the stories because the last, even the last date when we were trying to get back together, the woman asked, the woman said, if, if she had a knife, she would stab me. Now, she had a knife or in a nice restaurant, but still, right. that shows you how fucked up things were. But because all the way back from my childhood to 40s, it, it took me 47. I'm 40, going to turn 49. So I've, mm-hmm. I've only been sane for like a, a year and a half. It was, wow. Yeah, you're right. That is not normal. <laughs> and, and I remember she, ha- she had two sons. I, I, but matching shirts for myself and her two sons and instead of saying thank you because it was past that when the chaos really hit the fan she was just like this doesn't change anything with this crazy ass look and (laughs) and somebody just said couldn't she have just said thank you and then it hit me and it was just one decision one day I woke up and I decided happiness comes from here, man. You wake up. God yeah. made me to thrive. Yeah. If I'm in the image, you know, I am worthy. I, happiness, I wake up and I get, I don't need to buy it. I don't need to snort it. I don't need to smoke it. I don't need to ask anybody for it. It's in yeah. abundance all in here. Absolutely. And that's kind of what, like I talk about it in my book, that's why I put the why in happiness, right? Because you just said it. Nothing outside of me is going to make me happy. I tried all that shit like you did, right? The women, the, the drugs, and until I could take a good hard look at myself like you did and said, you know what? I am a child of God's and he doesn't make junk, right? That exactly everything I need is right inside of me. I just have to learn to tap into it, right? So, and, and you know... Like you're a year and a half, you know, working on yourself, 
like tell the audience like the the work that that includes when you came to that realization like like i'm not going to worry about nobody but you know not to say you're not going to worry about (laughs) anybody but like like i'm gonna change the way i look at you know life and people and i'm going to be happy because i have all the tools i need tell them what that looked like it's all about man you have to be a champion on the inside before you can be a champion on the outside. The work, all it takes is a decision, an instant decision. When somebody says, man, I'm such a lousy parent. I'm such a lousy dad. Your kids are still alive. Change it like that. Once you decide what you want, you have clarity. Okay, let's do the work. And it's a process, man. Yeah, Any, and it's anything. not an overnight endeavor, as they say. <laughs> oh, but no, that's, no, that's no. That's the beautiful part about this work, though, right? Is trusting that process, right? Oh, yeah. You have, you have to have faith. You have to have faith in yourself. If we have faith in, in Santa Claus for five years, but we can't have faith in ourselves for five minutes, that says a lot, man. Right. And you know, as well as I do, we've been at that point where I didn't even have two seconds of faith in myself. <laughs> it's a hard oh, I- thing. You know what I mean? To dude, every, everybody was telling me how successful I was, how of uh, this, that, giving me the cyber hugs, uh, you know. But fucking inside, I, I, I felt like no matter what, I was a loser. I needed to do this. I needed to open up another store. I needed to write a book. If I do this, then I'll be happy. That's not an equation to live your life. If I do this, then I'll be successful. If right. then, no, it's now I'm happy. Right. Now I'm happy and now I'm going to work on this. Right. And then, yeah, yeah. you know it what I have, right. And what I've learned in, in this process of being an entrepreneur, right. It's not being happy with just one goal though. You know what I mean? I try to push myself to be better every day. So if I accomplish one goal, it's like, okay, I don't go, I'm done. I'm happy. Right. I always push myself to the, okay, what's the next goal? and Right. And how can I help the people around me in the process? Right. Yeah. It's all about going past that comfort zone, man. It's yeah. All about it. It's, it's about communication. The more you can communicate, not only with other people, but with yourself. Right. And being a go giver, right? Lying. Quit yeah. lying to ourselves. You know, we, we always lie. It's not that bad. Right. It's fucking bad. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I used to tell myself that a long time when I was in my addiction, right? And then I caught myself, right? When I'd never look in the mirror, right? I did all my shaving and, and my toothbrushing, right? In the shower. So I didn't have to look in that mirror. And like, I remember saying that one day, like, it's not that bad. And then that other voice said, dude, you don't even look in the mirror. And then I saw a picture, exactly. you know, uh, I have a picture on my book of my second to last arrest. right? And I was like, that's not bad luck. That is just that was at my worst, you know what I mean? And that's when I made decisions slowly, you know, did it change overnight, right? And while I like to let the audience know, like, I like to tell them, you know, change doesn't happen overnight just because you make the decision, but you have to make that decision and then do the work to accomplish whatever you set out to do, right? Let them, it's, tell them about that, Omar. It's, it's, it's always about the work. And that's what, you know, I, I tell my clients, what happens is, People want to manifest because they, they, they got it wrong. Manifestation does work. 
but you have to do the work. A lot of times I remember when The Secret yes. came out, the movie right. and the book, they ran down to Walgreens, they ran down to CVS, wherever, bought these poster boards, put pictures up of Hugh Hefner's mansion, pictures of Ferraris and Lambos and watches and stacks of money. And they're like, oh, I'm a driver. Things are going to change. I can feel it because I know what I want and I'm a great guy. Right. And they waited and they waited. Right. And they waited. And nothing <laughs> happened. You know why nothing happened? Because if God and the universe said, you're, everybody's good and everybody has this, then what? Does that mean everybody in this world is pretty much Charles Manson? No, it means you have clarity. You know what you want. Now get off your fucking ass and go work for it and get it. Right. And that's what. And that's, I, food, that's everything. Anything worth having, right. you have to sacrifice. And not only sacrifice vices, things, people that no longer serve you, you have to give up time, energy in order to get from point A to point B. I always, uh, you know, him, Andy Purcella, right? Like, oh, people. of course. We're, so, we're, and we're he's, a, first, yeah, he's, he's, he's the biggest one on that. He's like, you know, you got to sacrifice, right? You got to do the things that you have to do to get better. And that means like you just said, getting rid of the people that Maybe holding you back, uh, habits, right? That might be you know, impeding your progress, right? He goes, I, I love it. And it's all about doing the work. And it's same in my network that I run around with, right? I, I, I belong to Apex, uh, Ryan Stuman's mastermind. And it's always being taught to us, right? And that's the, the thing that sucked about the secret, right? They, they, they made it sound like all you had to do was think about being something or getting something and it would happen. They did. They missed the whole point about, like you said, doing the work, right? And to me, I've enjoyed like doing the work, getting this podcast going, getting my business going, and 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 getting down and dirty and actually doing the work to make things happen, right? Because, like you said, I'm not going to go, hey, Omar, guess what? I just thought about this badass car. I'm I'm going to get this Ford Raptor, right? It's on my vision board, and it's going to happen one day. You probably looked at me and go, like, well, what are you going to do to get it, right? Exactly. That's because we're we're we we're saying people that have done the work. I, I, I'll tell you, yeah, dude, I'm proud of you, brother. You know what you want. So what are the steps? What are you right. going to do? What's your action plan? Right. And I would be on you every day and be like, so did you write it down? Always write down. You want that. Okay. What are you willing to do short term and midterm? What are you willing to give up? And you do that every single day. Now, when you're seeing no progress, clearly the action steps need to be changed because then it'd be fucking crazy to do the same thing. Without getting <laughs> right. So you, you scratch that out. You add, add a new action plan. And you continue. And you continue until you, you do it. And Max, you told me that. That's fine. Now, I would tell you, I better not fucking see that on social media because the moment somebody posts what the fuck they want or what right. the fuck they're doing on social media, they never get it because Oxycontin dopamine and all that's releasing your brain. It's like, if I put, I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Right. Everybody's, Oh my God. Oh my, that's so amazing. You're a rock star. You're <laughs> an athlete. You're my, I, I, I'm flooded with all these emotions 
Well, my brain thinks I already accomplished it. What, what, what's my motivation to get off my ass and go do it? Right. Because you already got that energy boost and that release of yes. dopamine saying so, you, so if you told if you told me that's what you wanted. I'd be like, OK, bro, I'd be like, that's fine. Let's do the fucking work. Don't post. Right. Once you do that, once you have that in your possession, go fucking post away, man. Right. right. And not, not for the haters and the naysayers. Post because it might motivate, it might inspire someone to get off their ass and do it themselves. Right. Be a go-giver is what I've been taught, you know, just provide value. Right. And you're right. Like I haven't posted like what my goals are. Right. Not yet because I've I've been taught kind of like by people like you who are like, okay, what's your plan? Let's work on it first because here's what's going to happen. If you say, this is what I want and you post it all over Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook, your brain's going to get all happy and it's going to think you already did it. And then you're going to go, you know, like you just said, and I think that's important for the audience to know, right? Sometimes we got to keep, like I say, I got to keep my goals on the download just so I could for myself. So I'll keep working towards that goal and not, you know, go, Oh, look, I already got it. Right. When I look around, no, I didn't. That was just my brain telling me I got it. You know what I mean? So exactly. Always be hungry. Always. Yeah. And you know, and that's how I chase my recovery. You know, that's every day. I don't say like I'm done. Right. Cause I've got almost 19 years. I always say I have today. That's for sure. But I'm going to work on a better tomorrow. Right. There's a, a guy and he was big in the fitness world. I think you might know Sam Bakhtiar, I think. And he was a amazing gentleman. He always says, be 1% better than you were the day before. That why you do that. Yeah. I I wake up every morning and I tell people, if you can wake up this, if you woke up this morning saying, I'm fucking better than the person I was yesterday, then you're successful. Yeah. Because at the end of the year, you're 365% better than the year before. You know what I mean? And then then you just keep going. So tell the audience, Omar, like some of your, like the big, you know, like I know, like your daughters are probably one of your biggest successes, right? But like, yeah, tell, talk about that life and then business, like some of your, you know, like all this hard work you when you made that decision to make a change and that you knew that happiness was going to come in here. Since you've done that, like what is some of your biggest successes in life? Some of my biggest successes in life. I graduated college, even though I was horrible at school, got a master's degree. I was motivated, though. Congratulations. By my high, yeah, my junior high principal told me it'd be a cold day in hell the day I graduated college. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I, I, he, I proved him right because I went to LSU in Baton Rouge oh. and it hadn't snowed in over 30 something years and it snowed the day I graduated college so he was right that's awesome <laughs> I did that big successes an introvert that couldn't ask out a woman or anything I became a highly successful sales sales guy four years as a financial advisor during the economic crisis 20 years of being an entrepreneur Surviving another economic crisis, pandemic, five Smoothie King stores, sold them because I wanted to live my purpose. My purpose is to help others through my books, my podcasts. It wasn't to serve or sell smoothies and supplements. It was to help others. My, my life is to be in service. My two daughters, Mia and Lauren, Mia's 14, Lauren's 16, my two greatest accomplishments. 
getting ready to finish my second book, The Vacation CEO, my first book, uh, What If It Did Work? Overcoming Fear. It, you can see I, I overcame a lot. So yeah. that's in the book. Second book, it, Vacation CEO, is about almost done with that. It's, it's about people want to own business, but they don't know how to own a business. The business right. owns them. It's about how to scale so you don't miss out your kids and you don't miss out life because you're too busy working. Started my third book, even though the second one's not done. Faith in, in Jesus Christ, God, and faith in yourself to be success as an entrepreneur and successful in life. Untitled with that. Let's see. I've done public speaking. So a guy that I was in ESOL for the first three years of school, even though you can tell I speak perfect English. <laughs> I was just that much of an introvert. So I, I've been on some stages, always, always just happy when I'm on people's podcasts. I'm on your stage right now. So 15,000 downloads on my podcast. It's not a, a year old yet. 30 something episodes once a week. What if it did work? Nice. So for a kid that grew up in a lower middle class neighborhood in Miami, Westchester, done a lot, get ready to do a six-week webinar on how to increase sales called Just Ask For It. You know, uh, just some pretty amazing stuff, my friend. Yeah, just blessed. Just blessed. Always, always just being alive and having the opportunity of being alive. So many people don't have that opportunity that you and I have right now. Right. It makes me, makes me winning, makes me successful. Yeah, and that makes me grateful, right? Because I still that I have today to do the best I can, right? I don't worry about tomorrow. So, you know, that's amazing, amazing stuff, right? And people don't understand that, the work that's gone behind this. So thank you for sharing that stuff, right? Because it takes some work to get where you were back then to where you are now. And I appreciate you sharing that with my audience. So there's a couple of questions. Brother, I, I like. appreciate you can ask away. I just appreciate <laughs> the fact that, that, that I'm here with you, but go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, no problem. What I was going to ask is there's two main questions I like to ask towards the end of the podcast, right? I wrote a book myself. I became an author, author two years ago and I wrote a book called Fearless Happiness. And so the first part, fearless, what does fearless look like to you and how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Fearless looks to me, it's not the absence of fear. We're all fearful. Right? We all have fear. Yeah. Fearless yeah. means overcoming that, pushing that little voice inside your head that says, this is scary. Don't do it. You're going to get hurt. When you can overcome your fears, when you can overcome all those little voices, when you can overcome other people's thoughts and opinions of you, and you keep on going, that's courage. That is overcoming fear. That's where success lies. Bingo. I couldn't have said it better myself. That was amazing. So happiness, if you see, I wrote, I put a Y in the happiness. And you kind of explained it earlier, but I want you to tell the audience again, what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life today? Man, happiness, I like what I told you, dude. It literally think about it. I thought making a million dollars was going to make me happy. I thought owning Tesla, then another Tesla was going to make me happy. A, a million dollar house was going to make me happy. Buying watches, going to product, going to Gucci. But it all added to nada. 
going to Vegas, going to wherever, trying to buy it, trying to seek happiness. It's not scarcity. It doesn't require Jacques Cousteau. You don't have to go on a mission. It's not <laughs> a I love that. It's not down the street, man. It's right. all in here. It's in your heart. It's in your mind, body, spirit. Body. What do you put into it? Are you working out? Don't go fucking eating McDonald's and eating shit and putting shit in your head in your body thinking you're going to be happy. Because at the end of the day, you need energy. You need a positive mindset for happiness. That's the body part. The mind part. Who the hell do you hang out with? If you hang out with people that their lives suck, you're going to start sucking. So get in the bigger rooms. Find people, amazing friends. Find people that you're the dumbest. You're the, you're, you're the unfittest. People that will motivate you. People that will make you want to excel and climb up and level up. In fact, okay, we got the mind. We got the body. Oh, and then in the mind, only, only read things. Only watch things that nourish you. Yes. Don't watch shit on Netflix, Hulu, all this bullshit, man. Don't watch the news. Don't, don't play video games all day. There's podcasts, your podcast, my podcast, books. There's Anthony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Andy Frisilla. The list goes on and on. And you can say, oh, I don't have money. Well, there's so much stuff that there's for free. There's Audible. You can listen to one book a month, two books a month. Minimal. There's the library. So you have the mind, body, and the spirit. You have to believe. You have to have faith in yourself. You have to have faith that, that you might have one bad hour. Who cares a fuck? You got 23 other hours. Right. You know, some people have somebody cut them off and their whole day is ruined. That person <laughs> do it on purpose. Right. Fuck that, man. Just let it go. You don't live in his story or her story. Live in the now. Don't, don't be holding on to that anger, resentment, some shit that happened 40 years ago, 20 years, even last year, last month. Let it all go. Mind, body, spirit. And just say, I am worthy. I am love. I am kindness. I am power. I am happy. Boom. Did you hear that, everybody? You can't get any better than that. So appreciated you sharing that with us, Omar. So you have written a book and you got a couple coming out. Share with the audience like where they can get your book. The one you have out sure. now. Yeah. What if it did work is on Amazon. It's I, I didn't try to get it published in major. It's self-published. It's on Amazon. But you know what? It's only $9.99. It's only 100 pages. There's some action steps that you have to take. There's some work you have to do. It's just like life. Right. The more you work, the better you get. The better Only you get. $9.99. So I, I didn't put it at a price point to become wealthy. Plus, it's right. not a book like Harry Potter or there's no wizards. Right. No <laughs> right. So it wasn't meant to be a bestseller. But it's a book to help you change your life, you to find your happiness, you to get off the sidelines, you to create the life that God and the universe has always meant for you. Damn, I love it. Thank you so much. So if people want to work with you, Omar, 
how how can they get a hold of you and and reach out to you? Say they want to work with you, they want a business coach definitely, like yourself. Definitely. They can hire me as a business coach. And the best part of me being a business coach was I owned a business for 20 years. I've had business coaches, and most business coaches could just have a certification from whatever school, the Tony Robbins school. Right. The John Maxwell school. My business coach. I had to fire her. She's an amazing person. But how could she tell me what to do after so many years? When I excelled her, I, I went way past her. Like I said, I own five stores. You can reach me at omarmadrano.com or on Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, Omar Madrano. Instagram, Omar Madrano 73 I'm public. I have free information. If you go on Facebook, what if it did work? You, you can join that group. Free videos, free messages, free coaching. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to help. And I've, I've got proof. I try to, people that are tired usually go to me. One client just sold his businesses for $2 million. He went from 50000 to $2 million in only four years. So wow. I'll tell you what, I'll get you the results but I'm not going to fucking lie to you. There's no microwave to success. We ain't going to become rich and we ain't going to become famous in 30 days. Right. That just doesn't Those happen. programs don't work. Right. They, when you talk, <laughs> well, I, was, I was mowing lawns three months ago, but now I have a house in La Jolla. Yeah, so and a freaking Lamborghini. Pro- <laughs> yeah, buy this program for 50 bucks and I'll show you how you can do it in only six months. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so true, though, right? Those uh, gurus out there that just claim that because overnight success. Because we all want, we don't, that's why I, before we, we went on, we said we we're like minded people. Yes. There's no, the reason why we're in shape, yeah, it's called supplements. We do use first form. Right. But we know you have to do the work. Yeah. There's no magic pill I can take that nope. means I can go to McDonald's for lunch now, that right. I can go. To to get a large pizza for dinner, right. stay in shape while I watch Netflix and do the process <laughs> again Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and, and then sink like a six pack. Right. And get a six yeah. Pack. We, we know that doesn't work. Yeah. That's awesome. So before we part ways, my friend, this has been great. Thank you so much for giving so much value to, to my audience. What last piece of advice could you give my audience before we, we go off air here? Something they can sure. take away and go like, Wow, Omar is a badass. Like that really resonates with me. Forgive yourself. Go to the mirror, turn it on, forgive yourself. Forgive those that hurt you. I'll I'll tell you, I'm sorry for the pain. I'm sorry for the things that I did to you. I did that for them. Not not because they they deserve it. You deserve it. You have to let go of the resentment. You have to let go of the anger. You are worthy. You are a champion. You were made in his image. He made you to strive, to be a champion, to strive, to thrive, not to suffer, not for the crumbs, and not so you can sit back one day until it's too late with regret. Because the pain of regret is the worst pain. And yes. any pain that you'll get from a workout or from doing work. So get off your ass. The first thing you do is you have to forgive yourself. That's awesome. Bam. 
right? One of my mentors told me that after I kept relapsing and relapsing, he finally said, dude, just forgive yourself because God already has. Like, get off. Exactly. You know what I mean? He told me. Exactly. Yeah, get off the cross. We need the wood. And I just went like, wow, man. But he was so right. Like, you know, because I started getting that self-pity. But I I tell people that all the time, dude. (laughs) I mean, Easter's Easter. We're we're in Lent season. Easter's almost here. Mm -hmm. You think he did all that suffering so you could suffer? No, man. He, He loved you so much to go through all that bullshit because you are worthy. Yep. You hear that audience? You are worthy. So thank you, Omar, for, for being here today and being such an amazing guest and sharing some really, really cool stuff with the audience that they could take away and go, you know, I hope they go up when they're done listening to this, they'll be like, wow, he made a lot of sense, right? Like time to get off the pot, right? And do some work because, you know, when things are given to you, they're not as, how do you say, I, I want to say, when you do the work, it's so much better than when something is just handed to you. And you know what I mean? Because, you know, you oh, did the work, for sure, for you know sure. what I mean? And, and then brother, look, Max, man, think about that. You had all those setbacks, but you know what? There was no greater feeling than after you had your comeback. Yep. And you're like, fuck, I've arrived and you have arrived. Yep, just like you, my friend. And I appreciate you taking the time to be in on our show. You were amazing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next time, we will see you later. Bye.